Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Mike. How are you, Mike? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Uh, it's um, Australia Day down here in Australia, so we've got the day off work. So we are a little bit earlier than we normally would be, I guess, with the episode um, in the day. But uh, yeah, good to be here. Good to be here. It's, it, it's an unfortunate one in the sense that uh, obviously talking about the defeat against Sheffield United. Um, but at the same time, I'd say it was a, a pretty strong performance. Yeah, I think I think the most disappointing part wasn't necessarily the result, but more so uh, a certain Tete getting red carded for being an absolute moron. Uh, but look, it it started it started off a bit poor, and and I think you know you, you mentioned that we grew into the game, but it was still you know the second in the table for a reason. Yeah, that's right. I mean, title of the episode: Benny sees red. Uh, it was. Um, sort of poor timing in the match because it did really feel like at that point that we really had them on the back foot. Um, you could see almost every attacking run we had. I think I mentioned in the chat at the time, um, even some like really sort of not dangerous attacking runs or, or balls into their area, they were just spraying out for, for throw-ins or corners or what have you, where you could really tell that they were getting a bit nervous and a bit anxious about the uh, the pressure that we were putting on them. And you sort of think... Um, especially from that corner where, where Tete did get the red card. Um, if he stays on the pitch um, in that last 15, 20 minutes, we really did look like we, we could have snatched something. Yeah, and I think, you know, when when he's come on, he's started taking shots, albeit for 35 yards out, but he's still, you know, driving forward. He's a nuisance. It's just a shame that he couldn't let the... I think it was Ollie McBurney who was taking... Yeah. Um, a, 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 having a crack at him uh, in... You know, at that point in the game where even the fans started almost turning on Sheffield, it was a, a real chance to grab an equaliser and he just should have known better. And I think he knew that as he's walking away because I think he's put his shirt on his, like, over his yeah. head and has probably realised that, he, like, we've now lost. I think the thing as well, especially, is that he's he's been sat on the sideline watching them get into Aaron Connolly, who I thought, like... He, he was he was just about, I mean, there's someone I, I've got ahead of him for man of the match, but he was just about man of the match, like which really surprised me because I thought he'd take a few games to really get up to um, match fitness. But I thought he was terrific. And you look at the way that Sheffield United were trying to get under his skin and the amount of tackles and 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 sort of um, sort of physical actions they were taking against Connolly, um, almost like they were trying to get some sort of reaction out of him. You think someone like Tede sitting on the sideline watching that happen is sort of sitting there going, okay, that's the sort of side we're playing against. I've got to be really like mindful that that's what they're going to try and do. And he comes on, he's on for like, what, 10 minutes and and, and he falls for it. Yeah, and I think it, it would suck even more for him given how long he's actually been out. Mm. And now he's started putting together a string of appearances off the substitutes bench. And it's all back to scratch now. It's three games out. I mean, look, in fairness, you almost think, um, you know, people were probably getting a bit impatient that he was being eased in so slowly. And you have to think now, after this three games out, there's sort of, he'll be match, well, I shouldn't say match fit, but he'll be fit. Um, you would think that there's every chance that he'll get thrown in and given a start um, on his first game back, which I think would be against Norwich, which would be um, a pretty interesting game to have as your first game back. Yeah, I, you'd hope so. I th- If he keeps up his training, which... I'm assuming Rosie's going to have him do. Um, and it'll finally get let us hopefully see Oscar and Tete up front, 
which I think you and I have, have said probably from even the beginning of the season, that's what we need or what we want to see. Yeah. Yeah. And you could have, you know, Connolly and Abioe on the wings as well, which would be pretty, a pretty attacking lineup. Um, that start though, you sort of alluded to before first 15, 20 minutes or so really looked under pressure. Obviously Sheffield United take the lead after four minutes through Jebison. Um, I have to admit, you know, watching that first 15, 20 minutes, you're sort of thinking, how many is it going to be? Because the defence did look under a lot of pressure. They seem to be getting in behind quite a bit. And you you do wonder a little bit um, when you look at these sorts of games um, with the defence of Jones and um, McLaughlin, um, potentially thinking maybe, maybe it does show that we need a specialist left back so that we can put Greaves in the defence for this, or in, at centre-back for this sort of game. Just because, look, I don't know if it was an issue of pace. I don't know if it's an issue of positioning or what it is, but it does feel like those two get a little bit exposed um, with these, these the sort of the passing of these better teams. Yeah, I think we ha- there was a game where Greaves had moved into centre-back after having played left-back, and I'm pretty sure he admitted it was one of his worst performances yeah, to true. date for the club, and he's gotten so accustomed to that role. That being said, we have a natural left back on the bench. Like Elder came on uh, and totally no bias because he's Australian, <laughs> but he's a quality left back that just yeah. hasn't been given time purely because Greaves has been shifted out to the left. Yeah, that's right. And I think, um, you know, it's hard to know how much of it is paper talk or is actually coming from the club and Rosenia, but it sounds as if um, Elder is really impressing Rosenia in recent weeks in, in sort of the talks about contract situations and that sort of thing. Um, obviously, Elder coming on in this game and, and really looking, you know, not out of place in the lineup. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him in the coming months. Obviously, um, uh, Fleming out on loan at Oxford as well makes it a bit of an interesting situation at left back, but. Uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, Greaves obviously picking up a knock, which was what prompted Elder to come on, and thankfully looks like Greaves will be okay for the weekend. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, we sort of grew up into the game after that first 20 minutes. Um, we sort of got used to the pace of it. I think at one point we had something like 60% possession um, for the game against them, and, and a lot of Sheffield United supporters saying that this was almost the best an opposition has played coming to their ground because you know, unlike a lot of other teams, we didn't sit back. We actually went toe-to-toe with them and caused them a lot of issues. Um, there was the incident in the first half where Oscar plays Connolly through. You think if Connolly scores that, it's suddenly a, a whole different game. Um, granted, we didn't have that many other shots on target for the game, but um, had a few big chances. And on, an, on another day, I mean, we'll, we'll sort of talk about it with the, the game earlier in the season against them as well, but on another day, we come away with something. Yeah, maybe. And I think... It's hard to go into a game like that expecting a victory. They're they've been they've been playing well. They're top of the as I said, they're top two. They're probably going to get auto promotion uh, back to the prem. I'm happy with a loss, but a gutsy display. And I think that's what we had from like I don't know maybe like the thirty minute onward mark, and even like the last twenty to thirty minutes. Um, yeah. and we just didn't stop. I think that was really impressive and it kind of shows a bit of the mentality of the team now. Whereas, you, as you said, the first one goes in after four minutes. Bear in mind, like, it's a deflection. It's yeah. like, we're still trying to, like, figure out what's going on in the game. I'm pretty sure I missed it because I only started watching from the fifth minute. Uh, 
you you do think like is this one of those that it's just going to keep like occurring is it like going to be a wigan 2.0 uh but i think we held ourselves pretty well the substitutions as well were great and Connolly was a huge surprise yeah i thought Look, it's interesting because Tete, Tufan and Longman all came on at the same time and there's a lot of focus on um, the shift triggered by Tufan and Tete. And, you know, we can talk a bit bit about Tufan as well if you want. But for me, Longman I thought was almost the most impressive of the three when he came on because his running in behind their defence and his ability to get to the byline and open up the play um, was a huge asset in that sort of last third of the game, I guess you'd say. Because uh, it did feel like we were sort of going there with this idea of, you know, keeping it tight, keeping it um, sort of secure for 60 minutes and then unleashing Tete and Longman um, and other attacking players in that final 30 minutes and really having a crack at them. Um, so he really impressed me as well. Yeah, for sure. I I don't know if I'm a big fan of the hold steady for 60 and then mm. bring over some power subs. It's too dangerous, in my opinion, Anything can really happen in that first 60. I, I feel like we should still be trying to push and have that attacking mentality that we have in that like last 30 minutes, but for the first 60. I don't, I'm on the fence with it, but uh, I think all the subs, including Tufan, had a really good game. Yeah, so so what what's your stance? Because I know there's been a bit of discussion around whether Tufan should be starting the games presumably in place of maybe a Slater who, who granted didn't have a very um, sort of a standout game in this, in this fixture. Um, do you see Tufan as having more impact off the bench or, or potentially seeing him from the start? I really think it depends on the team that we're playing. Hmm. If we're in need of someone that's aggressive, pushing forward, knows that they'll take a shot uh, and is always looking to kind of like pounce and, and take the ball off the, the opposition, then I would put Slater in. But if we're looking for someone to kind of control it, look for passes, team up well with with Seri, I'd put Tufan in. So I don't have a preference. My preference is based on the team that we're playing. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, I think I think we've got the personnel now that we can set up in different ways depending on who we're playing. And um, I think this was the sort of game I, I'd rather have Slater from the start just because the nature of trying to play on the counter um, I think Slater offers a bit more in that capacity, but I think there's um, a place for Tufan. I think in the games at home, especially, I wouldn't mind seeing Tufan start because I think those are the games that we need to be dominating possession. And you'll see a lot more often teams come and sort of park the bus against us where we'll need someone like Tufan who can break up the the sort of the defensive structures with a well-placed pass or something like that. And um, I think that's a, probably a bit more sensible. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, well, speaking of Seri, we'll do our, our votes for the match now. And, and I mean, Seri, for me, was far and away man of the match. Um, I don't know if you agree. We'll, we'll get your votes in a second. Um, I just thought, you know, you look at his ability on the ball, um, his strength on the ball as well. For someone so small, you see him going up against some of those beasts in midfield for Chef United and his ability to retain it, to play the pass through, to break up Chef United attacks. Um, there was a really great bit of play at one point, I want to call it the second half, where he, he did this sort of neat trick with his feet to get through a couple of Chef United players and play the pass and find the space. Um, you know, early in the season, I think he was definitely one of the ones where I thought, has he just come here for the paycheck? Is he is his heart really in it? Is he really going to impress? He sort of was fading in and out of games. 
But under Resenia and, and even Dawson, I mean, he's really stepped up and he's really impressing me week to week um, and was sort of head and shoulders above the others, for my mind, um, mm-hmm. as man of the match. Um, Connolly, I think, as I mentioned earlier, this was, you know, not that there's many to pick from, but this was definitely his best game in a City shirt. Um, I was surprised and impressed that he lasted the full 90 minutes and, and, and you know, took a lot of hits and knocks. Um, and looked really good while doing it. Um, obviously had that chance created by Oscar, um, had a few other instances where he looked really sharp in attack and, and caused them a lot of worry as well. Um, so that was great to see. Um, and then as, as, as mentioned, Longwin, I thought off the bench was really great. Um, I thought he really sort of drove that impetus in attack for us and um, sort of on the other wing to Connolly was really causing them a lot of issues. Yeah, fair enough. I I agree. I think that may have probably been Seri's best game for us, mm. given the opposition as well. Uh, I had Connolly as second as well. He surprised me a lot. I think it, I, I was expecting him to take a few more games to kind of settle in, but I think this was the game that he needed. You know, almost as if he was proving a point. And uh, my one point goes to Ingram. Yeah, good he did pull off. He did pull off a few good saves kept us in it, uh, and I think was just organising the defence pretty well when we were on the back foot. Um, and I feel like we don't often give some points to the keeper because we forget that the keeper is as important. But Sheffield had a few good shots, like even towards the end of the game, uh, Ingram makes a really good save. Uh, so, yeah, Ingram gets my one. Great shout there. I think, yeah, Ingram's having a great season. And it's a good segue because we have been linked with, well, more than linked really, Um uh, Dan Kessler seems to have a, ha- have a habit of uh, sort of preceding the official club announcements by, you know, running to the media himself and uh, declaring that a player is now signed with us. And he he's done that by announcing that Carl Darlow from Newcastle, um, goalkeeper who was, um, I mean, he was their first choice goalkeeper when they were last in the championship. He uh, was sort of in and out of the side in the Premier League in their early days back up under Benitez. Uh, and and since then sort of been pushed further down the pecking order by Nick Pope and uh, Dubravka uh, and Karius as well. Um, but he's he's been announced as signing on a six-month loan initially with a view that if that all, if all goes well, if, if Darlow likes the club, if the club likes Darlow, um, potentially he'll be signing on a permanent deal in the summer. Um, I think it's an interesting one. I think my first reaction to this was a bit of surprise because I think, as you've just said, I think Ingram's playing quite well for us and mm-hmm. I don't think if I had to say if we could sign one further player this window what position needed strengthening I don't think goalkeeping the goalkeeper would be the spot that I'd say we need to improve on our first choice keeper I'd definitely say we need depth I, I think we need someone on the bench considering Baxter's gone back to Chelsea but I don't think we needed someone who would be coming to the club expecting to start ahead of Ingram um that being said, I think Darlow's a really good keeper. And I think if we do sign him on a permanent in the summer, that's sort of more the organic strengthening that I'd hoped for last summer, where we basically say, well, we've got Ingram, who's our first choice. Let's get in someone better and have Ingram as the, you know, understudy on the bench. Whereas, you know, similar, I would have liked to keep Honeyman. I'd have liked to keep Smallwood potentially as well on the bench and improve their positions on the field rather than taking the players on the field and getting rid of them and, I don't know, making it a bit, a bit more of a mess. So um, responding to that, what are your thoughts on on Darlow supposedly being confirmed as joining? Yeah, I I don't understand Kessler at all. I don't know if it's like a play for the, like a publicity thing where the player's like, oh shit, 
I've been announced, like, maybe I should sign the contract now. Or it's, okay, the player has signed. It's just he wants to give us a bit more information. He's just so excited. He's like he's like one of us. He's just like, I know something no one else knows. I'm going to tell the world. Which is really <laughs> concerning because then if it backfires, yeah. then it's yeah. it's like it's it's pretty bad for us supporters. Um, yeah. In terms of, like, the player that we're linked for, very good keeper. I think we're all aware that, that he's quality. I'm confused why we signed the French keeper from Spurs who has been on the bench for us. So you were talking about ha- having someone on the bench. Yeah. He's that keeper. Uh, but I think without Baxter, we probably need someone a bit more senior with experience. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, yeah. Rely on. Uh, yeah. And even if Dalo sits on the bench, like my big concern is, and it seems to happen to Ingram, is that a keeper comes in, takes over for Ingram, and then Ingram just sits on the bench. Yeah. It happened with Baxter. Uh, it seems to happen a lot with us. I think like, I don't remember which season it was, but like Eldon took over some keeper. And at the beginning, we, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we really, we backed Marshall and then we had no faith in Eldon. Eldon has like a few good games together and then becomes our first choice keeper. So I'm not sure if the same is expected to happen with Darlow, but it's nice to have two pretty good caliber keepers with then a young keeper at the back as well. Yeah. And as Ant says, I mean, I I get the idea that we want um, another goalkeeper pushing Ingram like Baxter was. My questioning would be the two keepers that we were linked to were Darlow, well, linked to, speculated about was Darlow and uh, Scott Carson at Man City. And I almost wonder if someone like a Scott Carson would have been better in the sense that a, he is much better with the ball at his feet than Darlow, I, I would say, is. So it would probably suit Grisenia's style a lot more. B, is probably more content to be on the bench than Darlow is. I, I would think that Darlow's coming here almost expecting the first-team shirt within a couple of weeks of joining. Um, and C, it's it's almost, as you say, it's, you know, Ingram's still the number one where Carson's there to step in as needed. So I, I almost view it as if... Ingram was to get a straight red in a game and is out for three games or he gets, call it, you know, knock on wood, he doesn't, but call it like a hamstring injury or something and he's out for, for a month. You want a senior keeper who can step in, who who has the experience and who can be relied on. So you don't want to be putting low to Tyler in there. I mean, as Ant says here, you know, he's one for the future and he's only 21 or 22. So I think the idea is we bring in Darlow, then let's low to Tyler go out on loan to a League One, League Two club where he'll get that experience. Um, I, I just... I just find it surprising bringing in a keeper on such a high wage as I think he will be and potentially a reasonable fee required as well when I don't see the keeping slot as one that we necessarily need to upgrade immediately. Like I look at Ingram and go, he's keeping us in games. He's keeping the score quite low. He's not someone where I look at him and go, oh, geez, you know, there's a mistake in him every game that we need to improve on. So Look, it's an interesting one, and, and you always want to be improving the side, and Darlow will certainly do that. But, um, you know, you look at the fact that we don't have a natural left-back starting in the side. We've got a centre-back in Greaves, and, and he's doing a great job. But you think, well, where would we want to strengthen the side? You go probably left-back. You probably go defensive midfielder. You probably go um, maybe a, another striker to, you know, to replace Smith on the bench to back up Oscar. Um, there's a few other slots where you think if you're going to do something – and look, we'll probably do that in the summer. But you think if you're going to do something, goalkeeper probably isn't the one that you prioritize. But who knows? I mean, that being said, 
And and I probably agree with Ant here is that yes, we should send him out on loan. Uh, that's low to Tala. But then if we send low to Tala out on loan, we don't have a backup keeper. Well, yeah. So that that yeah. So the, the whole yeah, ex- exactly. So that's why we'd want to get Dalo in so that we can send him out on loan. So there's also that benefit is that we're saying, well, if we get this guy in on loan, it then frees Low to Tyler up to go out and, and get that experience of actually be playing and not just sitting on the bench. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and and I'm not sure if the argument is, did we need someone of the level of Dalo, yeah. or could we have gone with someone maybe a bit less pricey? Uh, I don't mind it because we know that it's quality, so we know we can rely on him if he needs to come into a game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Like, I even think, I, I guess what I'm just saying is you even look at like a, I don't know, like a Nottingham Forest or someone, I'm sure that they'd have a, with all the players they've signed, I'm sure they've got a few keepers that they'd want to send out on loan. You think, I, I'm sure they'd be more experienced than Lojitala. Do you go someone cheap like that just to sit on the bench as backup yeah. for Ingram and, and not worry too much about upgrading Ingram? But look, it is what it is and, and we'll see how it works out. But uh, certainly will be an interesting one to keep an eye on. I look, the other one, uh, you know, it's just a rumor at this stage. I think um, Alan Nixon from The Sun reported it. So there's probably some truth in it, but we don't know about it. Um, McNally from Burnley is a center back. Just speaking generally about the idea of, you know, we're just talking about playing positions that we'd want to upgrade or, or improve on. Center back is probably one that you'd probably want, you know, if Figueredo is the only real backup that we have at center back, you'd probably want a reasonable centre-back to come in who, who might be happy to sit on the bench, might play a couple of games. We are talking before about whether Jones and um, McLaughlin are the two you want starting in those bigger games. Um, you know, it wouldn't hurt to, to have another centre-back in the squad. I think for a while we've wanted someone experienced or a little bit senior to come in. Um, and I think we thought that was going to happen with Figueredo, which is upsetting because it didn't. Uh, although there, he has come on in some games and it has been pretty decent. That being said, Greaves is still a centre back that we can play. Yeah. Like, I. Which then means do we bring a left back in and that way Greaves can, can go more central? I don't know. I'm not sure. I think yeah. it's a decent signing if it happens. Um, it's nice to have another centre back. But I, I I don't know who's necessarily making the decisions on what areas we need to strengthen. Where are we looking a bit? Um, what's the word? Just weak. weak I, yeah. I, I, I think we've got. I think we have a really good side, and I think we're just lacking depth in some certain positions. And it seems like the positions that we're recruiting for aren't necessarily the positions that we're short in depth. I think it's very telling that all three transfers this window in what Connolly, Ebioe, Darlo are all domestic players. They're not players with any links to Turkey. I think it's very telling because I think what it suggests is that um, Ajun's probably looked at the recruitment in the summer and said, you know, by and large, it was it was reasonably successful. But I think he's probably said it was a bit scattergun. We're going to listen to the, the manager. What does Rosenia actually want in the side? What does he want to make this team a success? He probably knows a bit more about football than Ajun does. Um and as a result, we're recruiting players much more specifically for what Rossini is after, which um, I think is quite interesting. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how they slot in. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Well, before we talk QPR, we'll do our round of Who Am I, if you're good to go with that one. It's going to be a bad one. It is, <laughs> it is Australia Day. It is Australia Day. Um, I should, yeah, that's a good point. I should Richard Garcia. I should have gone with an Australian player. I have not gone with an Australian player. I uh, I do apologise. Um, 
Uh, this will be an interesting one, actually. Um, I'll see if you can grab it. But I've made 52 league appearances for City and scored zero goals. None. None. Zilch. And I'm not a goalkeeper. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I joined City in 2019 and I am still at the club. I'm still at the club. So 2019, I think, might have been Adkins. Because I think that would have been just... Well, actually, it might have been McCann. 2019. Yeah, that would have been McLaughlin. like McCann's first season. McLaughlin. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. I, I didn't think you'd get it just from that. But uh, yeah, yeah, sure, McLaughlin. I play centre-back and most often wear the number 17. I, my initials are SM. Yeah, it's yeah, from McLaughlin. Right. Well done. Great. Uh, Mm-hmm. I said sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I always got it interesting with um the ones that are sell at the club, whether whether that makes it a bit easier. I suppose it must because yeah, it they're does. a bit fresher in the mind. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh cool. Okay, well, um nothing left to do but preview this QPR game this weekend. Uh it's one of only three championship fixtures on because I think everyone else is still in the FA Cup, which is a bit annoying. Um yeah. managed by Neil Critchley now after Mick Beale left to go to Rangers. They're on a bit of a sticky patch at the moment. I think they've only got the, oh no, no wins in the last five, actually four draws and a loss. Um, yeah, you know, they were one win and nine, is it? Yeah, right. Um, so they were top of the league at one point this season and they've really sort of collapsed um, in the last couple of months. Um, obviously sort of smacked us 3-0 at their place. Uh, sorry, 3-1 at their place last time. I think Smith got the consolation in that one. Um it, look, we'll keep saying it until it happens, but, you know, Resenia still hasn't won a game at home. It's a really good opportunity in that sense. It's a, it's a side in pretty poor form um, to get the win at home. Uh, how, how do you see this clash against QPR? I think it's a big game because they're four points ahead. Mm. So I think a, a win here might... One, I think we just need that one win at home to really kickstart that home form. I think getting that win turns the attitude around a little bit and makes us a bit more positive. Cause I think when we're playing away, there's like a, a hunger to win or we almost go to our away days knowing that we're going to get a result. Yeah. Whereas I feel like we're just nervous playing at home at the moment. So I think this is a great game for us to try win. I mean, I thought Huddersfield was going to be that game, um, yeah. but this is probably the second best chance they haven't won. They've like, as I said, they've won one in nine, uh, albeit that win was away from home against Preston. Um, but they haven't looked very convincing, even in their victories. Yeah, and I think they've got a couple of injuries to deal with as well. Um, I was just having a look. So it looks like there's about 15,000, 16,000 tickets sold for this one as well, which um, I've got to say, is it's, it's pretty awesome to see. You know, there's this constant um support at home demand for tickets at home even with the sort of the lack of wins at the moment and you'd have to hope that if we can break through and get that win at home it will just continue to boost the interest and the passion and and the support for the home fixtures as well um as you say i mean we're sort of hoping that would be the case against huddersfield and it was such a poor start in that game and you, you have to hope and think that the players will be so switched on for this one and ready to go from the first whistle as a way to respond to that performance yeah 
yeah, yeah. You, you'd have to think that. I think what I want to see is us pushing from the get-go and not trying to settle into the game because when we try to, to play that possession at the back or settle in and, and kind of get cute, that's when an away team starts pushing. Um, yeah. And I, I want to see us avoid that. I really think we can get something from this. Um, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And I think... I think as well, the issue as well, when you look at the last three games at home, which I think have all been 1-1 draws, where the opposition scored first and have tried to protect the lead and it's been you know, a huge effort for us to break them down, you have to think if we can get the first goal, it just changes the complexion of the game so much because they have to come out and chase the result and it gives us more, more opportunity at home to actually entertain and, and chase more goals, really. I think Connolly gets a goal. Yeah. In the way he was playing against Sheffield, I think he's he's a quick guy uh, and and pretty good with his feet. So I think this is a pretty good game for him. Yeah, yeah, good shout. I was going to ask actually, um, in terms of changes to the lineup, um, you know, Tede suspended, but he was on the bench for the last fixture. Yeah. Um, Ebioe not meant to be ready until the Cardiff game the following weekend. There's an argument to be made for just going with an unchanged lineup since Greaves seems to be fit. I would. I think I would put Elder in for Greaves. I, two, fan, I two fan in for Slater? Against QPR? Um, no. I stick by Slater. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Elder in, move Gre- like either move Greaves to centre back or just give him a rest. Like I know he doesn't want to do that, but we've seen how even the smallest injuries can just get like drawn out to a few mm. weeks absent and I don't think we can afford to lose Graves for a few weeks and I'm hoping that like Rosie sees it the same way Elder would be my big change maybe even put Longman in but I don't know for who yeah Longman maybe in for I although uh, I do like Longman coming off the bench yeah I was just thinking because you're either dropping Doherty or Slater probably I'm trying to think like Connolly yeah but you wouldn't, yeah, I don't know. You'd probably want to, well, it depends how Connolly pulled up from the last game, I guess. It's, it's what, the eight-day break, really, because we played the Friday night last week. So yeah. he's had a bit of an extended rest in that sense. Um, so would hopefully be ready to go again. But, yeah, look, if he's not, um, I think Longman's a more than capable deputy in that sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I, I probably agree with you on that one. I mean, yeah, Elder, Elder in, I like just because I think he offers a bit more natural width. Um, I think especially if Greaves is carrying a knock, happy to be a bit cautious with him. Um, I'd like Christy. Oh, actually, I guess that's the other one because we started Coyle last game. So that would be the, that, that'd be the one you could go Coyle out for um, Longman. I'd probably do because I don't think, you, I, I don't think I'd want to start Coyle and Christy in this one. Um, no, I, I'd take Coyle out. For, for Longman, I guess, probably. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good shout. Um, score prediction then? Is it really ambitious to say 2-0? We keep a clean sheet and we win? I think that's very ambitious um, at the moment. I'll, I'll go with a 2-1. I think that's we will fair. get the win. Um, we, we do see, like, we don't concede as many goals, obviously. I think we've conceded something like nine in 10 games under Rosie, which is um, a huge improvement. But we do seem to still concede sort of the cheap odd goals. So I, I'd say it. I'd say maybe taking a 1-0 lead, then pegging us back, and then us getting a late winner from Oscar because who else is going to score in the, 
was it the 76th minute 70, or something? 77th and 78th minute. Yeah. I changed my prediction to 4 0. <laughs> Fair enough. Good shout. Um, well, look, thanks for joining me for this one. Hopefully, we do get um, a huge result. It'd be awesome yeah. to see a, a big, a big home win for once. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having Too me. Easy. No worries. And look, thanks everyone for joining us for this episode. We'll be back this time next week to review that game uh, and look ahead to the next fixtures. But until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. Music was created by Amber and Black. All the city's on fire Where the burning desire Tigers are roaring and destiny's calling Cause now is the time Yeah, the city's on fire We're going higher and higher There's no turning